Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The government again putting a band-aid on it, similar to the housing crisis. The roads are a disgrace. You have three beautiful sons. He said, go and treat them to something. I thought, how kind of the stranger. We want a resolution because adults got around the table and realised what needed to happen. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Good morning, morning. Um, yeah, I have the whole lot in front of me and it's in all of your newspapers and there was hours and hours and hours of it last night. We'll do a little bit of it this morning. If there was anything in that budget for you, anything that you would write home about, as they used to say, in that budget for you, or was it more of the same? Will there be nothing in it for you? Will you be as just about as well off as you were, or maybe a little bit better, or maybe a little bit worse? I want to hear from you at 083 396 9696 I've already had one email from a mom of three two people working in the house and effectively the question she's asking is budget what budget I'll be talking a little bit later with Minister Simon Coveney and we'll take that question and others up with him also going through it with the money doctor John Lowe uh, throughout the course of the morning if you have a view 0818969696 the number the text to whatsapp 0833969696 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie good budget bad budget indifferent budget budget what budget have a think and get to talk to me we'll take your call throughout the morning now Yesterday evening, as we were all watching and geeking on budget politics, at least those of us who do geek on budget politics, there was something happening down in East Cork. A very, very big story. A major development in a story that began in March of 2017. That being the disappearance of Tina Satchwell. Yesterday afternoon, a man was arrested and brought to Cove Garda Station, a house has also been sealed off. And this investigation into the disappearance of Tina Satchwell, which since she disappeared in March 2017, was being treated as missing persons, is now a murder inquiry. Paul Bourne, a Southern correspondent of Virgin Media News and occasional presenter of this year's programme. Paul, you've been following this story literally since the day it broke. Bring us up to speed. Good morning. 
Good morning, PJ. Uh, yes, I have uh, covered the story from day one. Can I just start by saying, PJ, the investigation has been upgraded to murder. And my phone, since we ran the story on the News of Half Five yesterday, has been hopping and social media has been alive with people asking, has her body been found? Others are saying it has been found. I just want to clarify at this stage. The body of Tina Satchel has not been found. Okay. There has been no trace of a body as of yet. Um, yet the investigation has been upgraded to murder, but her body has not been located. That's an unusual move, that. Paul. It, it is. Um, it has happened before where somebody has been arrested uh, um, before in the past. In the, in the case that I covered years ago, somebody who went missing, her body was never recovered, yet somebody was charged with manslaughter. Um, but remember, anyone in custody in this case in relation to Tina Satchel is innocent and proven guilty. But again, just to clarify, because lots and lots of confusion, her body has not been located. But let's begin, as you said there, um, March 19th. 2017. This was the last time that Tina Satchel was seen alive. Earlier that morning, she and her husband Richard had been at a car boot sale in Carrigtool in County Cork. They were regular goers to car boot sales where they'd sell bits and pieces and buy bits and pieces and so on and so forth. They returned home and the following day um, Richard Satchwell went to Dungarvan to do a little bit of shopping to buy the groceries. He said goodbye to Tina. He returned uh, that day on the 20th of March and he says there was no sign of his wife. Mm. He thought maybe she's gone off and then he said something strange. The dogs are here. She never goes anywhere without her two dogs. Mm-hmm. They were her pride and joy. Um, so he, the days went on, the hours went on it rolled into days. Four days later, he contacted her family to see was she with them. And he also then went to the guards to report his wife was missing for a number of days. The search uh, for Tina eventually became a very, very extensive one. A major investigation was launched. And the house at one stage where Tina lived was actually searched by Gardaí for any evidence that they might find to help in the, the missing persons investigation. Tina Satchel did not have a passport. And during the investigation, there was no sign of her bank account being uh, accessed or anything like that. Basically, she vanished into thin air. And they were extremely perplexed. Mm-hmm. Hours and hours and hours of CCTV footage was examined. Four to five hundred lines of inquiry were being followed up. There was no trace of her whatsoever. It's like as if she just vanished off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. They, they went to the UK. They went to other parts of the world to seek information, To see, even though she didn't have a passport. It's still very easy to get out of the country without a passport. Board a ferry, you can get in through the, um, you know, go from the, on, in through the, the tunnel into Paris, whatever like that. So you can get from A to B without passports. That isn't a problem. So they did check many parts of the world and absolutely nothing uh, was thrown up. Around the first anniversary of her disappearance, a major search took place in Mitchell's Wood in Castle Martyr. Mm-hmm. That lasted for, oh, I think in excess of 10 days. You had teams and teams of Gardaí searching this vast area of woodland. And there was also a search of the water close to Tina's house in Yall, just alongside the pier, really, at the Keys in Yall, the bar there. Gardaí divers conducted a search 
and there was nothing. So these two major parts of the investigation threw up absolutely nothing of any evidential value whatsoever. Mm. Now, throughout all of this time, Richard Catchwell, our husband, did numerous interviews with yourself, including us and Virgin Media News, and he always believed and believes that his wife simply took time out that she would return in her own good time and he was willing to sort out any differences Mm. that they may have, even though he said everything was rosy in the garden. He cannot understand why she vanished. Yeah, yeah. He did an interview with me here in July of 2017 and he said all of those things. He was just desperately worried about her. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And that's why he kept doing interviews. He said, look... I have nothing to hide. He was saying, I, I, you know, people were saying things and he, he came out and defended himself all the time in the media and said, I want to see my wife. I'm here waiting for her. Open arms. Come home. I love you so much, he was saying over and over again. Mm. And he said, you know, I'm here. Let's, let's start it out. Come back. And he said, she will come back in her own good time. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, even if she just wants to leave a letter somewhere in a church to say she's alive and well, do so. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he just couldn't understand. And the fact that she left without her two dogs, he said, she would never, ever go anywhere without them. Yeah, every, every photograph he ever showed us, the dogs were in it with her. Fast forward to yesterday, Paul. Events took a turn very rapidly. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, uh, PJ, detectives, in fact, since day one, PJ uh, detectives would review cases on a weekly basis. And they've been re-examining the case. And even though there was nobody, they decided that they had enough, they felt, to upgrade the investigation to one of murder. So at about five o'clock yesterday afternoon, a man in his 50s was arrested in the East Cork area. He was taken to Cove Garda Station, where he's currently being quizzed. And um, his solicitor, Eddie Burke, um, took uh, his side at the Garda Station last night at around half past seven. Uh, while he was being quizzed, a house in East Cork was sealed off and teams of Gardaí went in there in the forensic suits. You'll see them on the television all the time in the white suits. Um, they started to seal off the house, seal off the rooms, and today they will go through the house with a fine-tooth comb. Um, they will strip the house literally top to bottom, possibly dig uh, footpaths, uh, the foundations, the concrete, the, the, the back garden, that most owned will be left unturned in this investigation. Um, they're determined to get a result. Mm-hmm. And I, I know Tina's family are desperately waiting for news. And they were obviously notified prior to the arrest yesterday that this development will take place. Um, so as, as we speak, the house, is, uh, the house is sealed off in, in East Cork. It's, it's been searched from top to bottom and the man remains in custody. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he must do so. A decision must be made uh, by about this time tomorrow, isn't it, Paul, as to what they're going to do with him? Yeah, with, with, with rest periods and everything, the, 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 the man can be held for a total of 24 hours. We can quiz for 24 hours. And once that 24 hours is up, once the clock stops, the guard must decide, have they enough evidence to send this up to the DPP and the DPP then will decide whether the man must be charged or released. Mm-hmm. So, right now, he's in custody, house has been searched, we don't have a body, 
but the case is a murder investigation. All right. Paul, thank you. And I know we can rely on you to keep us updated through Virgin Media News. And indeed, if there are any developments over the next 24 hours, uh, you'll bring us up to speed on that. Thank you very much, Paul Bourne, Southern Correspondent with Virgin Media News and occasional presenter of the Opinion Line. Uh, by this time, so the man went into custody last evening about 7.30. Uh, questioning began. So 24 hours rest periods. He needs a break to eat and to sleep. About this time tomorrow, they would be looking at a decision that one would suspect. It's a fascinating story. It's an incredible story going right back to March of 2017. Not a trace of Tina Satchwell has ever been found. It was like she walked out the front door of her house and vanished. Let's see where it goes. 0818 96 96 96. Some questions are coming in for uh, the budget or about the budget. And I will talk next to Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Covey. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork's 96 FM Giving for Living Radiothon. This is number one champion sound. Gold winner for community social action at the Imro Radio Awards 23. I can't get enough. Cork's 96 FM. Minister Simon Coveney waiting on the line. I don't propose to go through the headline figures again. They've been done to to death uh, late into the night and they're all over your newspapers in the morning. But we got an email to opinion at 96fm.ie earlier this morning from Katie who asks a question, Minister. What did the budget do for me and my family? We're middle income earners, both working full time. We've three school going kids. We will get a double child benefit for Christmas, but that will pay our huge electricity bills or go towards them anyway. We paid 900 and 1100 on two winter bills last year. My husband drives to work in West Cork, 80 kilometres round trip every day. I drive back and forth too. We'll be paying two cent more and every litre of petrol since midnight. That's more expense. We've no medical card and we can't afford private health insurance. We're both paying 52% between tax and USC. The discount on USC will barely be noticeable. But yet, if I quit my full-time job, I'd get a medical card, unemployment benefit, free college for the kids, Susie grants and all the other benefits. I might even get HAP if I was in the rental market. It pays to be unemployed. What have the government done for me and my family? I'd love to know. That's an email this morning from Katie. Minister Simon Coveney, good morning. How do you react to that? Morning, PJ. Well, um, first of all, uh, you know, what I'd say is that we're we're doing a lot for that, for that family um, uh, in terms of uh, giving 450 uh, euros worth of, of energy credits uh, towards the, um, uh, uh, the cost of their electricity through the winter um, uh, in terms of their children. Uh, if they have children in in childcare, there's a further reduction of 25% in childcare costs. So over the last two years, uh, yes, next year, from next September, when the new childcare term starts, if you like. But uh, but over two years, we've delivered a 50% reduction in the cost of childcare for parents. Um, Free school books uh, for first uh, and second and third years in secondary school, Um, uh, you know, increased... uh, classroom resources, um, uh, more SNAs, more teachers, uh, free school buses for another year, uh, free free state exams for students that are doing exams, more capitation fee 
fees, um, a double um, uh, child benefit payment, which which is universal, every family gets it, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, if they're if they're middle income earners, which they sound like they are. Uh, we have uh, extended the tax bans now uh, by another two thousand euros yeah. um, to, to 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 ensure that people who are on average wages in the forty thousands uh, that they will gain um, to the tune of almost nine hundred euros uh, in the tax system if you're if you're working um, uh, by by uh, um, uh, increasing. Is, is Katie misreading the, the budget then, Minister? Because that's what so, I mean, like. All I'm saying is that that, that, that that for a family like Katie's, the, the support in the budget over the next 12 months will be, I mean, it's hard to put an exact figure on it because I don't have all the details, but it'll certainly be a couple of thousand euros. Um, and, uh, and that's the way it should be, by the way, because families are under pressure at the moment financially. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the cost of living has increased significantly. Um, and even though inflation is slowing down, it's still increasing. And that's why we are spending uh, uh, over two and a half billion euros in terms of one-off support measures. Mm-hmm. Many, of them, many of them are universal to all families to make sure that we do hit middle-income earners who are above the thresholds for a lot of social welfare supports, but certainly are feeling financial pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, is she, you know, is she is, wrong then when she said it pays to be unemployed? Because looking at it, uh, people un- unemployed on very low income did proportionately far better yesterday than 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 yeah. Katie and her husband will do. Well, people who are on social welfare, who are on fixed incomes, are very vulnerable uh, to the increases in the cost of living. They have to pay their energy bills too, um, and so you know this is a budget that does support people who are on low incomes, who are on fixed incomes, but it certainly supports people who are on low incomes and working. You know, don't forget, part of this budget is an increase in the minimum wage uh, of 12.5% uh, from 11.30 up to uh, 12.70. Mm-hmm. That's worth, by the way, uh, about 56 euros a week if you're working full time, uh, extra in your wages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that that, of course, puts pressure then on employers who yeah. have to, you know, who have an increased wage bill, which is why we've put quarter of a billion euros aside for grant aid for small and medium sized businesses. 131,000 of them across the country, uh, they will get uh, grant supports directly from uh, from local authorities. In the because they were saying yesterday, year. Minister, and, and almost with one voice, they were saying, look, there's nothing, none of us want to be paying small wages. The, the minimum wage of 1270, there's no one going to say that's not welcome. But in order to yeah. pay somebody 1270, I've got to take in an awful lot more. So goods and services yeah. are going to go up. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, you know, I look, my job is to look after businesses. Like that's, you know, I'm the Minister for Enterprise and Jobs. Um, so, so that's why we have, like I've spent a lot of time over the last six or eight months uh, around the country talking to small businesses and small town hall type meetings, listening to what they have to say. Um, what they've said to me is that they need access to affordable finance. Uh, they need support in terms of uh, the cost of running a business uh, because as, as wage uh, as the minimum wage increases, that impacts on on many businesses. Not all of them, by the way. Many businesses are are well ahead of us here and are paying significantly more than the minimum wage already. Um, but but for those who are paying minimum wage, um, um, we do recognise that that's an increased cost. Uh, we won't be able to cover all of that extra cost, but <laughs> but we will be able to cover some of it. And that's why we have this new scheme, which, by the way, like one of the things that small businesses have said to me, you know, whether they're, they're small, whether it's a 
hairdresser or a butcher or a small retailer, you know, on the main street, what they've said to me is, look, they don't want uh, bureaucratic application processes. Yeah. They don't have time for the paperwork and so on. So what we're doing is businesses that are paying rates this year, um, um, uh, every business that's paying up to 20,000 euros in rates this year, they will get a, a grant based on 50% of what they paid in rates this year in the first quarter of next year from local authorities without any application process at all. Yes. Um, and so we're, we're trying to respond to that, to that pressure because let's face it, lots of small businesses that are listening to the radio today, you know, the, the, the person who owns the business, whether it's a family business or another small business, that person uh, is the accountant, is the marketing person, is the mm-hmm. person that meets the public, uh, and they is often the person, have to do Is the person, Minister Coveney, who's often not, often not taking home a salary themselves or sometimes Correct. taking a salary home once a fortnight. And, and you, need to, you need to help them people out. Like. Yeah, and we're trying to, you know, so we're, we're trying to, and as I say, we can't do everything, but what we've done is we have a cohort of 131,000 businesses. They are the, the smaller businesses, small to medium-sized businesses. We know that about 150,000 businesses in the country pay rates. 131,000 of those, which is 87% of them, we're going to give a direct grant to next year uh, based on the size of their business, which is a, you know, which is roughly linked to, to the rates that they pay. So will they be uh, getting their rate money the, back? Is that what it is? Uh, well, I mean, they'll be getting a grant, but that but the grant is calculated on the basis of their rates bill this year. So, um, so they'll get they'll get uh, up to fifty percent of. So, if you paid five grand in rates this year, you'll get two and a half grand back next year. If you paid, you know, sixteen thousand euros, you'll get eight thousand euros in a grant next year. If you pay twenty, you'll get ten back. Uh, and and there's a lot of businesses across Cork okay. in that category. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, and I hope it won't be like T-Best because oh, I remember when T-Best came in, people said, God almighty, I haven't got the time to spend trying to get the paperwork together for that. I hear, I hear you, although, you know, there were over 50,000 applicants uh, in TVS. You know, we've spent over 120 million euros uh, as uh, supporting companies in terms of their costs uh, linked to energy increases last year. So that's not insignificant. But, but yes, a lot of businesses said to me uh, that the application process was too cumbersome. It took too long. They just didn't have the time to do it and they couldn't afford to take on an accountant to do it. So, so this time we've learned some lessons from that. We want to get, this is a bit like, um, you know, the government's uh, decision to give uh, energy credits to households, 450 euros of them um, uh, this year. It automatically happens. We're trying to take the same approach in terms of getting some, some cash into businesses and to do that without any application process at all, mm-hmm. purely on the basis of uh, of businesses qualifying because they pay rates. Former gig of yours was housing minister. What in here will build one house? Oh God! Well, I mean, we're doing this is a huge housing budget. Um, so next year uh, we will provide uh, just under twelve thousand new social homes. Uh, Nine thousand three hundred of them will will be new builds. Um, uh, there's enough money in this for uh, for six thousand four hundred new affordable homes. Um, um, which will be split between 4,300 affordable purchase and then another 2,000 cost rental. Um, uh, we'll see the, um, the help to buy scheme uh, uh, continuing to help uh, young people to buy their first home. Uh, over 42,000 people now have, have availed of that help to buy scheme, which I introduced when I was a housing minister, uh, and which, by the way, the main opposition party would, would scrap. They would mm, well, they argue, they um, argue it's put uh, the cost up of house. 
No, well, I don't, I don't accept that. If you ask the 42,000 people who've bought their first homes with the help of, of up to 40,000 euros in the help to buy scheme, uh, I think you'll get your answer, you know, and uh, we do have to uh, help young people get their foot on the housing ladder. Um, the, you know, my party is a party of home ownership. I believe that most people in Ireland want to be able to buy their own home and own their own home at some point in their life. Uh, and of course, uh, for people who can't afford to do that, we need to uh, to continue to build uh, thousands and thousands of social homes, which, mm-hmm. which we are committed to doing. But I can remember, I mean, when I was a housing minister, we doubled the housing budget from 1 billion to 2 billion. Uh, we will spend close to 7 billion on housing next year. Okay. Uh, and, and, and don't forget, you know, we're, we're setting targets and we're meeting them in, in terms of delivery. That's not to say... Uh, well, we might housing. hit 30,000, but uh, realistically, we need about forty or 50,000 houses a year, don't yeah, we? Yeah, and I think I think early next year, you will see uh, a revision in terms of the number of houses that we need to uh, to deliver. And I think that's going to increase from the targets that are there at the moment. Uh, and there's a big piece of work ongoing to do that. But, you know, I'm very conscious that um, that Ireland needs to be building probably between 45,000 to 50,000 yeah. new homes per year um, so that people... There's no sign of it at the moment, the Simon. There's no sign well, of that well sorry, well, sorry, there is, uh, um, but we have to continue to accelerate. I mean, last year we went from building 20,000 houses to building 30,000 houses. That was that was an increase of 45% in one year. This year we'll probably build 31, 32,000 houses. Next year that figure will be close to 40,000 houses. So there is a sign uh, that actually things are improving, okay. but I don't want to underestimate these, the pressure the, that people are these under. These things on. are slow. They're like turning yeah. oil tankers is what all of you, well, you and your... Well, 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 not that slow. You know, I mean, if you look at the, the number of social houses, 9,300 new build social houses uh, next year. That's what's being funded. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is more social houses that have been built than any time since the 1970s in my lifetime. Okay. Um, so, so, so is it enough? No, it's not enough yet. I, I know that there are many people probably screaming at the radio saying, I've been looking for a house and I can't afford to buy one and the government needs to do more. Well, well, well I, Minister, I may, that, I may tell you, my, my but, daughter my daughter is, is leaving the country in January for a year or two. Now, she's got already got herself a job. She's quite happy about going to work overseas for a couple of years. So she's not one of these people who fears she's forced to emigrate. But we were discussing this and I said... You know what, what? You don't feel forced. Well, she said that even if I wanted to buy a house, I have no hope. So I might as well do what I'm doing and see a bit of the world at the same time. Well, I mean, you know, well, first of all, you know, anyone who's working in Ireland uh, does have a chance of finding a house. You know, we have we have multiple schemes now. Whether it's uh, a first time buyer scheme to help you get a deposit together, uh, whether it's the um, uh, the first home scheme, where the state can actually take up to thirty percent of the uh, of the equity in the home and and pay for that to reduce the price by thirty percent, or the combination of both. Uh, and of course, we are seeing lots and lots of new sites being open now in terms of. Of new build, so I I do get that frustration, right? And I, I, like, I have a brother living in Perth. He didn't leave because he couldn't afford to buy a house. He left because he wanted to work abroad for for a few years. And to be fair, but a lot there, of her decision is many, based on there that. Are, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, and there are as many Irish people coming home. Just to be clear, because True. you don't hear this side of the argument Can't very often. With you there. Over the, over the last three years. You know, 80,000 Irish people have left Ireland. 90,000 Irish people have come home. Yeah, that's so, true. That's so, so you know, like, 
there is a re- there is a reason why Ireland has the youngest population and the fastest growing population in the European Union. It's because okay. a lot of people want to come to Ireland to work and live here because the quality of life is good. Okay. Do we have a housing crisis? Yes, we do. We're working really hard to try to solve that. And next year we will deliver more houses uh, okay. than we have delivered in decades. Okay. Let me lastly bring to your attention one figure that's in there. That's sixty four million for people with a disability, additional services. Now, 64 million is a lot of money and there's no one going to sniff at that minister. But this is a sector to which I have some connection, as you'll be aware. You were being told nearly 300 was needed just to stand still. So that's a fifth of what was needed. Well, look, you know, all I can say is that, um, uh, is that, I mean, from, from, from my perspective in relation to the disability sector, um, uh, it's not, well, first of all, we need increased budgets uh, in terms of direct supports, uh, uh, whether that is for, uh, 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 for, for care, whether it's for um, specialist treatment and therapies and so on. Uh, but there, there are many other areas where we're trying to help uh, people with disabilities as well in terms of trying to help them get into the workforce, for example, um, changing thresholds, increasing support uh, to try to help people who want to work that have a disability to get into the workforce because Ireland is not performing well in that area, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we we have a lot of extra supports in terms of, of education um, that isn't uh, part of that um, 64 million euro figure. So, for example, uh, we're seeing over 1,200 new SNAs, uh, yeah. 744 special education teachers extra next year. That's all in the in the education budget rather than uh, the specific disability. Yeah, this budget is what this se. is what your colleague, the Minister of Finance, was saying on television last night that we must take an overall sort of umbrella view of this budget. And I suspect that people will do that over the days to come. Minister, I'm aware that you have a meeting to attend. I'm grateful for your time. Uh, Simon Coveney, thank you very much. Thanks a million, PJ. Thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The general view that I was seeing overnight on my socials and in news commentary here, there, and everywhere was something for everybody, not a whole lot for anybody, and not enough for those who really need it. That seems to be summing it up in three words. Uh, I will talk with John Lowe, the money doctor. In a moment, I'd also like to talk to you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That ten. Look, if you go through the, the headline figures, minimum wage going up, uh, changes in the taxes, energy credits back, double child benefit, social welfare up by twelve quid a week from January, tax credit for renters increased, free school books for secondary, childcare fees going down another twenty five percent next year. Now the fags have gone up twenty cents. Since midnight, the price of petrol has gone up two cents a litre since midnight because of carbon tax. There's also two and a half billion going out for Ukraine support. So there's a lot in this budget. It'll take an amount of digestion. But the general feeling seems to be something for everybody, not much for anybody, and not enough for those who really need it. I'll talk with John Lowe next. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM.
Something I learned a few years ago with regard to talking to senior politicians the day after the budget is that they know what they want to say. It's all written down in front of them. Trying to knock them off kilter can be a difficult exercise and certainly shouting at them will get you nowhere. But I wonder if you got something out of my conversation with Simon Coveney. We will, of course, podcast it later. I've been referring to a 14 or 15 page comprehensive document sent to me late last night by a friend of the show, uh, John Lowe, uh, the money doctor. I've been looking through it, John, reading it and reading it several times and looking at the various commentaries across the media this morning. And as I said before the break, something for everybody, not a whole lot for anyone and possibly not much for those who really need it. Your assessment. Good morning. Well, good morning, PJ, and thanks for uh, inviting me on the program. Um, yeah, you summarised it well. Essentially, it's like being offered a bag of sweets and told to just take one sweet. Uh, that's essentially what we've got. Um, there's, there's something there for everybody. Uh, I, I was trying to campaign for, um, you know, the, the, the hard-pressed mortgage holder. Um, you know, if you look at uh, buy-to-less investment properties, you get 100% interest relief on, on, the, uh, on the mortgage interest. Um, and I think it's a little bit unfair, especially on the um, kind of the, the tracker mortgage uh, holders, where they've you know had what ten rises in in fourteen months, mm-hmm. unprecedented, and it's killing them. I mean, I, I know one client who who has a rather large mortgage, um, monthly mortgage of over ten grand. It's now nearly thirteen thousand, <laughs> killing them. I wouldn't um, sleep, John. I wouldn't <laughs> sleep. Yeah, well, as I said, you know, uh, the interest is, is is really a killer. But so, I mean, they, they've got a tax break, you know, for uh, I think it's about 160,000 uh, holders uh, and it's worth up to 1,250 euros. It is really literally like getting that sweet from that big bag of sweets and just saying, go on there, get on with this. Mm. The mortgage interest relief. The opposition were pushing for it. Sinn Féin wanted to give it to everybody. Economists were saying, you can't do that. It'll inflate the economy too much. The government then moved on a bit of it. But you were saying, maybe not enough. Not enough. It's definitely not enough. Uh, I mean, there are really some serious, as you know, I'm a person who's obviously a practitioner, and yeah. uh, there are still 15 years after the recession, PJ, there are still some people out there who are not only in negative equity, but they've maybe lost one of the two jobs, uh, and they're struggling, really. And then you, you add on, um, you know, food, energy, um, uh, and all the kind of childcare costs, where you are using your net income. It's not gross income. It's net income. Uh, so you've got to pay the tax, US, USC, uh, which got a little bit of a respite, and, and the PSI um, net before you pay any of those things. Um, <laughs> you've been writing in your book for many years, your, your annual book that comes out at the end of the year, John. You've been writing that we should all try to have access to three months' wages at any one time. It's not possible for an awful lot of people. In fact, it's well, downright impossible for most people. Well, you know, the, the ideal, PJ, really is to have three to six months net annual income, joint net annual income. That's the rainy day fund. And and the, the reason why you'd have a rainy day fund are for three reasons. Uh, one would be the emergency. You might have a, 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 a you know a manual transmission car and your clutch goes. That's not on your budget. So you're going to have to shell out 500 euros to kind of replace that clutch. The second reason is sudden loss of income. 
You mightn't get the overtime. You mightn't get the bonus that you were thinking you were going to get that was going to fund the holiday in the middle of the summer. Um, and the third reason, the investment opportunity. You know, a lot of parents out there are now trying to help their children uh, to get the foot on, on, on the, the property ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy. Like 10% is like, you know, if you have even 300,000 of a property, that's 30 grand. Mm-hmm. Not very easy for people to kind of put together a 30,000 deposit. Now, Michael McGrath, one, I think it's being looked at as a positive, John. Michael McGrath has been telling us for months and months about huge amounts of corporation tax coming in. Now, we know that's easing off a little yeah. bit at the moment. He seems to be doing a kind of a confirmation money account in the credit union here by putting a lot of it away. Is that prudent? I, I think that's prudent. Uh, that's just similar to the, the old rainy day fund. Now, he says it's not that. Comes- well, uh, the corporation tax is down 23%, unfortunately. Uh, he didn't think uh, we were going to, uh, you know, uh, or he thought he'd get, we'd get a lot more, but we didn't, unfortunately. So um, I don't know what's happening, whether the business, you know, some of the businesses have gone to the wall over the last year or two. Um, and, and that's, you, you can understand why with inflation, uh, the cost of living, um, restaurants are having such a bad time. Mm. Uh, I really feel sorry for them. Uh, and then all the, the, the ancillary people who would be involved, uh, whether suppliers, uh, even workers in those restaurants, um, you know, some of them are out of jobs. Yeah. The, the minimum wage increase, nobody's going Brilliant. to say that that's not needed. I absolutely, in fact, one would argue it might go further towards the living wage, which is nearly 15 euro. But in order to, uh, you're, you're the cruncher here, John, in order mm. to pay somebody twelve seventy an hour, how much have I got to put in my till? Yeah, well, that's the problem. Uh, IBEC weren't too pleased uh, with that, and uh, they've, they've already um, got some amelioration with uh, some firms being given a grant to actually help with, with this. Uh, I mean, 10 euros 30 cents, PJ, was the minimum wage at one stage. I mean, you know, I, I have some friends who are on that, and it's, it's actually, it can, and they can do nothing about it. So I think it's only right that you get uh, a, a kind of a, a decent, um, I mean, especially when you've got all these raging uh, inflationary figures and, and you know, food, energy costs and, and, and even childcare costs. Um, and as I said, you're all, you have to pay that with your net income. Mm. Mm. It's, but, but paying for, pay, to pay somebody 1270 an hour, an employer has got to put, what, 20 in the till? Yeah, well, you have 11.05, which will soon go to 11.06 uh, employers PSI. Um, that they have to, to so that's another, uh, say, 11%. Plus, you've you've got other things that that are uh, in there as well. So you would be around about, uh, yeah, about 17 anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to come, and they will push back against that. But nobody, nobody, nobody would argue that the minimum wage is too high. The statistics are is probably not even high enough at this point. Uh, childcare, and I'll talk to the sector later on this morning. John, mm. uh, another reduction as promised by 25%, but not for 12 months. Yeah, um, I mean, the childcare costs, PJ, are just absolutely... I mean, uh, I, I, have, I have couples who are literally crying in front of me. That they've got, you know, three kids. They can't afford to take a break on one of the jobs. They're both working. Uh, and yet, 
it's 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 really pointless because um you know the childcare costs are, are completely defeating um one of those kind of uh, uh, working yeah. um you know again even the the uh, child benefit of 140 which is going to be doubled there before christmas um which is a help i mean there there are some parents very very few who are actually putting that money away for the third level costs of uh, their their children and bear in mind it costs around 42,000 so if if any parent out there was able to actually put that away from the time it starts to the time it stops which was actually on the 18th birthday now I see that it's going for the full 18th a year which is good and you have accumulated 28,560 euro PJ you are still 14,000 shy of sending that same child to third level Wow. I had, so, this so is what I mean about is, crunching the numbers, John. This is what I mean about crunching. And as well as that, when they go to third level then, yeah. I, I may be wrong here, but when they go to third level, the children's allowance, to call it the old name, stops. So you still got to find money. That's right. That's right. Well, yesterday they said that you, you can have it for the full 18th year while you're 18. Uh, as I said, it, it up to now, it stopped on the 18th birthday. On the 18th birthday, birthday. yeah. yeah. I, I know that you've been made aware of the contents of Katie's email to us. Um, Two-income family, three school-going kids, massive electricity bills last year, and Katie's argument is, there's, there's nothing in this for me. Anything that turns up on tax in USC will be just sucked back up somewhere else. Well, they've got the energy, 150, they've got three bites of that, you know, one before Christmas and two afterwards. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree that, that there's very little. It's, it's minuscule by comparison um, to what they've had to fork out. And as I said, it, it, there's nothing there for food. You know, um, the minister yesterday said that our, our, our inflation rate is 5.25 and they hope to get it at the end of next year down to about 2.5%. But you try telling food that. Because the food prices are still on the increase, and mm-hmm. and there's where the families are really hurting. They're having to really think about shopping and what they're going to buy and planning their meals, which you know I've always harped on about this. That the the ideal thing is to to kind of plan everyday meals so that you know you know exactly what you're you're going to use what you're going to buy mm-hmm. uh, and then you look around for all the discounts and the special offers and the special deals um, and and you get value it's not about being mean frugal or miserable pj it's about getting value mm-hmm. lastly john uh, you work as you said as a, a practitioner in this insolvency practitioner and you meet people uh, in in their worst of situations, and you help them through it. Um, yeah. An overall view of this government, or this budget, rather, given given what you do for a living, John, with yeah. the money that they had to hand, have Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath spent wisely? I think they've done as good a job as any political party, to be honest. Um, you know, they they can't just um, favour one particular sector. So they do really have to spread it around a bit. It's a bit like investment. Diversification is the buzzword. And that's what they've really done. But they've also got one eye very cleverly on the, the, the next election. Um, you know, because if they mess this up, um, there's a little party uh, uh, out there who, who would love to get in. And so they have that eye on that. But I think overall, um, they've done as much uh, as they can do without, without uh, you, know, you know, putting everything down the kitchen sink. When is the book out, John? 
the 15th of December, and thank you very much indeed for um, referring to it. Yeah, 15th of December, 19th edition. And actually, the, the book itself, um, there's a, an, a, a mini book at the back of it, PJ. It's uh, 148 pages with its own index. It's called Teenagers, You and Your Money. And on the 5th of September, this last month, 60,000 TY students were able to download the entire book for free. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen every single September for every future TY class because the, the TY coordinator principal gets a code, they give the code then to the TY student and they download that book. It's a reference book and it's done for free. And by the way, this was all stemmed from my son, by the way, who was 19 at the time in UCD studying business and legal. And he said, Dad, what's an overdraft? <laughs> you see? There you go. John, thank you very much. John Lowe, uh, The Money Doctor. His book, The Big Yellow Book, Money Doctor's Guide to Finance, it comes out every December. And I'm not just saying this because I know John. I'm not just saying it because he's a regular on the show. I'm saying it because I get the book practically every year and I give it on to people when I've been through it. <laughs> and I have managed to save money reading John's book. And that's not that's not something I say lightly. 0818... 96, 96, 96. Right, some of your stuff. Uh, He never answered that woman Katie's questions. Me and my family are in the same boat. This is Simon Coveney now. Reducing childcare, but put up the price of diesel and petrol. That has a knock-on effect down the line. And that'll affect the haulage to supermarkets. So the prices go up there. Who suffers? Just the ordinary person that goes out to work. It pays to go on the dole at this stage. What's the point? That's from Podrick. Affordable childcare. Come on, Simon. I work in childcare. I still can't afford childcare for my kids. Our wages are shocking bad for the work that we do. Petrol and diesel up again, says Margaret. No reliable public transport in the county. We've no choice. We have to drive everywhere. PJ, can I ask why USC even still applies? This is from Dara. It was brought in as a temporary measure for the last recession. Where does this tax go? Yeah, t- as I said at the time, Dara, temporary my backside. They, it does bring in a shed load of money. Getting rid of it overnight, you'd have to find somewhere to replace that money. But everyone is sick of it. Cost of petrol, so unfair. PJ, can you ask Simon Coveney, if your child returns 18 in November, but is still in school, will his children's allowance still carry on? Thank you, from Diane. think it will, Diane. I think it will. Did you find out how they'll work on the over-18 child benefit? My son's in sixth year but has already turned 18. Thank you. That we will try to find out because that's a sticky one. If they tr- Normally it ends on their 18th birthday. Now it won't. It'll go in into their 18th year. Can you explain on tracker and variable mortgage relief? My repayment rate has gone up over 30%. I'm with Pepper Finance. God help you. Do I have to apply for this relief? Is this reduction coming immediately? Again, you'll have to apply for it. All the details, I assume, will be out there. They're building 30,000 homes, but they need 45,000 this year. You're starting next year down 15. So now you need to build 60 to catch up. Am I wrong, says Kevin? I did put that number uh, to Simon Coveney, Kevin. Um, He insists they'll get there. Only time will tell. It's a joke. I'm a 12 euro for the pension. We don't get it till January. I'm a widow. Tell Simon everybody gets the energy credits, not just workers. Those on employment benefit get them too, says Jason. Hi PJ, as for the budget for us carers, it feels like a kick in the face. One thing we wanted in this budget was to stop the means testing the carers' allowance. Yeah, there is some change on it. It's in John's document. There's some change on 
what they will discount as your family income, but the means test is still there. And I have pages and pages and pages and pages of your comments. I'll get to them and plenty more after the news at 10. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Fox 96 FM. Right, there's a, a bus stop and part of the road sealed off at West End Balancholic, opposite Quish's big super value there. Gardaí on the scene, take care on approach. We know no more, but it's up on Cork Safety Alerts and we have been getting a couple of calls about it. If you can tell us anything, if you're in that area and you know what's going on, you know where we are, 0818 96 96 96. That's a bus stop near Quish's at West End Balancholic. Bus stop at part of the road, sealed off. Do we know what's going on there? 0818 96 96 96. Can I just pause for a second? It's a birthday today in Coogan Towers. Two of my favourite young people, in fact, my two favourite young people in the whole world, turn 26 today. So happy birthday to the twins, uh, James, otherwise known as Boy Wonder, and Gemma, uh, otherwise known as the one who got away too much of my DNA, as her mother never stops telling her. <laughs> But yeah, 26 today, I can't, what were we doing this day 26 years ago? Well, I was sitting waiting, and herself was sitting waiting. <laughs> and she still reminds me that I got to the pub that night, but she didn't. But 26 years ago today, the twins came into the world, so happy birthday, you two. You've no idea, you will never understand how much yourself and how or, or much myself and your mum think of you. You'll never get it. 0818 96 96 96. With that, I must mention somebody else who shares their birthday. She's known universally in our house as Ellen's Nana. Uh, I speak of Rose Morrissey in Browningstown. Rose is 83 today. So happy birthday. And she listens to the show religiously every morning. More religiously than mass, I'm told. And listen to the podcast in case she misses anything. So happy birthday to you. James sent this in uh, continuing our budget coverage and our budget analysis and your view on the budget generally seems to be, as I quoted it to uh, to John, the money doctor, before news, based on his summary, something for everybody, not much for anybody, and not enough for those who really need it. Now, the pushback on that uh, is that there's free school books up to junior cert public transport is cheap for the under 25s and remains so energy, there will be energy credits there's USC and tax cuts coming and the minimum wage is going up so there is a pushback against that argument but happy to take your points on it James Toomey sent us in this James I'm not familiar with redoke.ie but thank you for it James put his numbers as they say into Redoke. .ie, and it said, allowing for the forecast cost of living increase and the tax changes announced in the budget, you'll be worth, you'll be €1,729 a year worse off from cost of living increases. 
and 703 euro better off from budget tax increases or changes rather. So overall in 2024 compared to 2023, James is according to Redoke.ie, James will be 1026 euro worse off. Thanks, thanks for that. Let us turn to the opposition benches and uh, Sinn Féin TD for Cork North Central. Uh, Thomas Gould, keeping this as balanced as we can this morning, Tom, but most people feel they didn't get a whole pile if they got anything. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. First of all, happy birthday to the twins. It was lovely to hear you describe uh, where you were 20 odd years ago. So, uh, well, just uh, I, I know what it's like. Good I know man. what it's like myself. <laughs> but yes, on the budget, um, no, a lot of people feel that this was a real missed opportunity that the government tried to give something to everyone in the audience. They're calling it the late, late show budget. And um, listen, uh, it's just, uh, well, it's not enough. And uh, listen to the guys that you had on before the news. Um, it, it just has, it's not going to make a difference. And listening to you read out that person there, James, about um, he'll be worse off. And that's what a lot of people feel. Because of the cost, uh, the crisis now at the moment in the cost uh, of living, these measures, even though they're welcome, they don't go far enough. And like you talk about the, I suppose, the energy credits now and the extra 450 euros, the three 150 euro payments. Mm -hmm. And that sounds great. Well, it took a bite out of it last year, Tom, and it'll take a bite out of it this year. It will, PJ, but what we would have done is we would have reduced energy prices to 2022 levels. So at least By doing people, what? By doing what? We would have just capped the price. Pierce Doherty brought out uh, in our budget that we would reduce the prices of uh, electricity. So you go to gas. a bunch of private companies and you tell them cap their prices? Yes. You can't do and that, we would Tommy. Also you can't do that. Oh, no, no, actually, PJ, you can. No, we would have to reimburse them. Right? Exactly. So that money's got to come out of somebody else's pocket. But PJ, no, because we would also ensure the windfall from the profits they made. You had energy companies, PJ, who cleaned up when families couldn't afford to put on their heating. And what we're saying is, where they they made huge profits, we would tax their profits, and we would use that money then to cap the level of uh, electricity and gas. So you'll and pay the bills for people you, out of the profits from the electricity companies. Th- doesn't that sound good? Does, does that sound, make sense? Oh, to you, Jesus, Tommy, it sounds it sounds great. It sounds it sounds marvelous. Yeah. But come, you, come to the tax in USC. Katie's email this morning: middle income family, three kids, both parents working, and and she said anything they're getting here, anything they're getting will be sucked up, sucked up before it even gets into the gets into the pay packet. They're middle-income families, doing reasonably well by the reading of the email, but struggling at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, you see, PJ, for the trap middle, as you call it, you know, people who are working hard, people who got educated, got trained, went to wait, they, they've tried to do everything right. There's very little in this budget for them. You know, there's a small bit about uh, mortgage interest, there's a small bit about uh, uh, extra rent credits, but like, for for all for the people in the middle, I spoke to people yesterday and they said there's nothing this in this for them. And there's a lot of anger out there about people because what you have now is people who are working hard, who are doing everything right, and yes, at the end of the week or the end of the month, they've nothing left in their bank. 
Mm. And we believe under a Sinn Féin, if it had been a Sinn Féin budget yesterday, listen, we can't fix everything. But what we do believe is people would have been a lot better off if we had been there. Like what Pierre Storty had proposed was to take the lowest people out of the USC and to reduce the rates then for those in the middle sector. Mm-hmm. What the government have done... And, 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 and replace the money with what? Well, you see, what the government done, PJ, is they've reduced the USC all the way up where we would have targeted it at low and middle income. So we would have gave the, the reduction to them. But what the government have done... Well, that goes to everybody, because everybody pays USC on every cent they earn. So the guy making 60,000 would benefit, under, or 50,000 would benefit under what you wanted to do. But so does the guy on 160,000. Well, please, you put it this way. Under the government, the government's plan that they announced yesterday in the budget, those on, minim, uh, on a minimum wage will benefit by 10,000 euro, 10 euros, sorry, 10 single euros a year, where people on 70,000 will benefit by 260. How is that proportionate? What we would have done the other way, we would have targeted that, we would have taken out those on the minimum wage, and we would have then reduced it for those in middle income. Let's, you need to support the people who need the help. Agreed. And but for every, for every book you put out, you've got to get a book back. So where do you get it from? But, but we wouldn't have given it to the high earners. We wouldn't have gave them the money back. That's the difference. You so know, you're saying someone on 170, we say someone on 100,000. 140,000. Right. Yes. Someone on 140,000 wouldn't have got any USC cut yesterday. Well, what we know, we would have aimed it at the lower and middle income, where the government aimed it all the way up. And it can, but it hold on, hold on, hold on. See, no, no, there's, there's a maths question here. So, if I'm on forty thousand, I got a benefit out of yesterday's USC cut because it's on every cent I earn. If I'm on a hundred and forty thousand, I still get a benefit because it's still on every cent I earn. So, you're saying that I wouldn't get it. If I was on well, what we would have done, PJ, is we would have put a three percent levy on every euro you earn over one hundred forty thousand. So if you're on, okay, so I'm heading for a plane. PJ, I'm heading for. I'm, I'm heading to emigrate if that's happening. Well, PJ, if you're on one hundred forty thousand, and we say, PJ, you pay three cent more on every euro over over one hundred forty thousand. Do you think people are really heading for a plane? I don't think so. This to us would be a solidarity tax. So the the people who are doing mm. the doing I'm, the most. I'm already if I'm on a hundred and forty and uh, if I'm on a hundred and forty thousand, I'm already paying a shed load of flipping tax, Tommy. I'm already paying yeah, a shed pe- load of tax. Yeah, but please, yeah, there's people who can't turn on the heating. There's people who are struggling to pay the mortgages. Like we we have a situation you now where the government yesterday uh, announced supports for renters. And at the same time, never banned increases in rent. So what is going to happen now is rents are going to increase. But it, but but, like, but but landlords are leaving the market in their droves. No, they're not, PJ. They're not. That's not true. I was at a meeting yesterday at the housing committee where we had the CSO and the RTB in. No, some landlords are leaving. But yeah, but why am have, I getting calls from people saying my landlord is selling? Why am I getting those calls? Because. Because landlords, they think the market, as a, they, they think the price of housing now is near the maximum and they're getting up nowhere they can. They're, they're cashing in. And a lot of these landlords, PJ, would, would, have had negative, would have had negative equity, let's say, 10 years ago. And then as things got better, they're looking at the properties now. A lot of them might have the mortgages paid. And I might say, listen, I'll cash in now while the going is good.
Okay. Let me let me read something that's come in. And look, Tom, I, I did read through Piers Dahi's alternative proposals and I listened to him last night in the debate with Michael McGrath on primetime. Um, but here's a, here's a question. Seriously, do we remember what the bailout was like? Do we ever want to go back to that? The government's number one responsibility is to make sure they never go back there. Secondly, to make sure that the new crises in the world don't send us back or even to a worse place. Why can't we just remember the, that big burden and, and understand it? And she says, whoever that is says, be mannerly, but I would like to think, I hope I've been mannerly with everybody. This oh, yes, yes, you are, PJ. Listen, PJ, that lady makes a point, a very valid point, but it wasn't, it wasn't the Irish people broke the, the economy. It was the banks, the speculators, oh, the vulture no. funds. But, but it, it, in a way, Tom, that doesn't matter who broke it. Because we remember no, those does. days. We remember it, those yeah, days. It, and going back there, doesn't matter who broke it. We just don't want to go back there. Well, yeah, and PJ, we would. Under the Sinn Féin budget, what we would do is we would prioritise. Like, you see the government, like, we welcome some of the measures the government have taken. They've actually adopted a lot of Sinn Féin policy but they've only done it half-hearted. Like, yes, we've been calling for, for 12 months now for support for mortgage holders. And what we proposed was to give 30% of the increase in mortgage rates over the last 12 months back to homeowners uh, at a maximum of €2,000. Well, the government brought this in yesterday, right? And what they did is they brought it to a maximum of 1250 Mm-hmm. But the rules and regulations are so tough around the PJ, a lot of people won't qualify. So, mm. like, you'd give, every, you'd give everybody mortgage tax relief, would you? Yes. And the, yes. Yes. The, uh, the economists are dancing up and down saying, you can't do that, you'll cause carnage. Well, PJ, last week they said we couldn't do it for anyone, and the government announced it yesterday. Last year, we proposed a, a, a tax rebate for renters, and the government did this as well, but you only did it. Last, we proposed one month of €1,500. Euros. Last year, the government brought in €500, Euros, and this year, they've increased it to 750 mm-hmm. So what's happening is the government is actually adopting Sinn Féin policies, but only in a half-hearted way. Okay. These, like, these would specifically help... Like, well, do you know, maybe more... when you're all in coalition with each other, Tom, after the next election, you get more across the table, won't you? Well, PJ, I really hope we're in government because I'm talking to people every day and what they're asking me is when is the next election? Gosh, I know people that. are really angry and frustrated and they want an election. Mm. And like, we'll but, be but running it is, fair to, it is fair to say, Tommy Gould, that no one, no one party or no one government can solve everything with a snap of their fingers. No, listen, all our plans are based over five or ten years. Like, we're looking... Like, we're looking, the number one issue for us is housing. Mm-hmm. We need to come up with a solution with housing, and we have that. I was on the housing committee yesterday with Owen Bryn, and the junior spokesperson on housing, Owen is a senior. Like, we've plans to build 21,000 social, affordable, and cost rental. The government's plan yesterday is for 15. It was unbelievable, PJ, that there was no extra money, not one extra house was announced yesterday, not one. I put that to Simon Coveney and he gave me the, the the figures that it's a gradual thing. But the one thing that jumps to my mind when people are saying we need 60,000, 70,000, and I'm sure that we do, who's going to build them? Have you tried to get a carpenter or a brickie or a plumber lately? Who's going to build well, them? Well, 
They are building office blocks. They are building hotels. They are building apart hotels, right? They are, they are coming in. What we would do is we would use VAT and reduce tax-free exemptions for these people, right? And, like, they're coming in. We need the workers to be building houses, mm. not office blocks. We need the workers to be building homes, not these hotels in Dublin and other parts of the country. So the, the question here is the priority. We would we would do away with any tax reliefs, any tax rebates for these companies, and we would use that as a stick to get to to stop these or to slow it down at least and get the workers where we need them. We know we have enough workers. The problem is they're not in housing, and that's where we need Do them. Do we have enough? Jesus, I don't know. If you try to get a tiler or a painter or a plumber lately, you'll be waiting, like. Well, PJ, can I tell you now, I, I have to be very careful now because uh, I don't want to give away confidentiality, but I spoke to a person who's a, a lecturer, and the course that he was doing this year of the 16 people who qualify, tradespeople, I won't say the trade because that would identify them, but tradespeople, mm. 15 of them emigrated. Oh, yeah. 12, 12 to Australia, uh, 2 to Canada, 1 to America, and 1 stayed oh, home, yeah. 1 went back to Limerick. Isn't it kind of a rite of passage of a young person to emigrate if they particularly have got skills and qualifications? It's kind of what they do. I mean, as I said before, Tom, I don't have many regrets in life. I'm lucky that way. One of my regrets is that I didn't shag off for a couple of years. Yeah, and PJ, can I say this now? I would, like talking about it, I would have loved to have... I had that opportunity and I was a homeborn and I stayed here. And looking back, no, it probably would have been a good thing to do. But the difference is... They don't have a choice. You have a choice now if you're in your 20s or your 30s. Are you going to live at home with your parents? Right? People don't want, people want their own lives. They want their own mm. privacy. But more of them are coming home than go away. That's, you know, that's for, for, for everyone at, that goes away, there's one coming home. But PJ, they're going over to work in Australia and places like that. Like, I, I know a friend of mine, old Sinn Féin, left and went to Australia. He had a good job. Mm. He worked in it for 10 years. And he couldn't put a deposit together. Well, there is and he that. said, like, and the thing is, if you want to have a family. But can you, you solve that one? Can Sinn Fein solve that one? Yes, we can solve that How one. How can you solve we have that? You'd have to build 21,000 houses. You'd have to get the central bank to change its rules on deposits. No, please, no, because if you deliver enough housing, if it's all about supply. If you deliver enough housing, you bring down prices. Do you believe, PJ, in the three and a half years this government has been in power, house prices have gone up 60,000 euros? Yeah, I know. That's what they've gone up. So, like, when Simon Covey was having you today and I didn't hear the interview, like, how can he explain it? All this government have done is they've not delivered housing and they've driven up rents, house prices. There's almost 4,000 children it's the biggest scandal in our country right now today. There are 4,000 mm-hmm. children homeless, mm-hmm. and that doesn't count the children in the shelters or in other accommodation in the mm-hmm. refuge, refugees, right? There, there are 4,000 children, and the, the government didn't put one extra penny into housing yesterday. Okay. You're, you're, you're gunning for the election, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, please, we'll be running enough candidates. So the people of Ireland will have a choice. If they want the Sinn Féin government, we'll have enough candidates and it'll be up to the people. And to be honest, we take an election tomorrow. All right. Thomas Gould, uh, Cork North Central TD.
for Sinn Féin and junior spokesman on housing. Thank you, Tom. Um, I'd like to think I'm reasonably respectful to everybody. Um, I do sort of challenge Sinn Féin a little bit more, I suppose, because it's easy to oppose. I remember when Fianna Fáil were in opposition. I remember when Fianna Fáil were in opposition um, and, and putting it to them that, Jesus, you have all the answers over there. It's easy to sit in the opposition benches and have loads of answers. Anyway, but thanks, Tom. 0818 96 96 96. In fact, Billy says when you have Minister Coveney on, you listen to him respectfully, and he deserved that respect. But I notice when you speak to Tom Gould, you challenge him on his sums and policies. It's not just you, but RTE and News Talk. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. As well, because I listen to all of you, I don't think it sounds right, to be honest. Point taken, Billy. Point taken. There are others who suggest I should challenge everybody and maybe roar at them a little bit. No, I'd, look, but we're just having a conversation to see where we're going. Um, if you're on 140,000 crying about tax, cry me a river. There. Can PJ ask Thomas Gould why the child benefit for over 18? in full-time education, won't come into effect until September 2024. My daughter turned 18 last June. She's now in sixth year and will miss that. Well, to be fair to Thomas Gould, he can't. He can't affect that. He'd probably have a view on it. I've no doubt he would. Everybody should be entitled to apply for social housing on a list basis. It seems to me young people who work hard are being penalised and forced into stuff they can't afford. That's from Richie. Loads more to come. And I want to talk about childcare next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Can we talk about rent tax credits? My husband hasn't registered us. He probably, my landlord, I beg your pardon, my landlord hasn't registered us. He probably won't. He attempted to by post, but there was an error. When I called RTV, the error was with his details, not our details. I can't claim credits now, so that's nearly a month's rent lost between my husband and myself. My landlord is hard to deal with. He likes to drink. We've requested numerous times for him to get us registered, 
we've been offering to help to do with that, to do it. In February, we'll have been in this dwelling two years. I shudder to think what our rent will go to, and even more so if we raise any issues with him. A lot of people didn't get that rent tax because their landlord wasn't registered. Your landlord has to be registered and everything has to be tickety-boo with the paperwork before you'll get that that renter's tax credit, which some would say is fair enough. We want to know where the money is going, but others would say it's just too hard. Childcare. Now, another 25% cut in the cost of childcare coming, but not coming until September of 2024. Uh, that's just one of the elements of the childcare package. Avril Sheen of Care A Lot. Avril, you've been on me before. Anything in there yesterday for the childcare sector? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thank you for having me on. Um, yesterday's budget for childcare providers was very disappointing. Um, there was three major announcements from the Department and Minister O'Gorman, one being extension to the AIM hours. So that's the action or the access inclusion model which caters for children with disabilities so they're extending the hours of that now at the moment we only get paid for three hours mm. for those children to be within our services and it's not like the disability walks out the door like Cinderella at 12 noon so they're after recognising that and they're giving us extended hours to, but to what degree we don't know obviously we'll have to wait for further details to come out in that so he also announced um, up to 25% and I think we have to make it very clear that it's not a full 25% of parental fees, it's up to 25%. So it'll depend on how many hours you attend a service and all the rest. Now that's fantastic for parents because that will actually go up to €2.14 per hour off your childcare fee, which is fantastic, which is brilliant. But then again, it's not coming in until September 2024. Mm. Then what providers got yesterday was core funding. So he's investing £44 million um, in the third year of core funding, which is actually September 2-4 for us. Um, and it's going up like 3%. No, so I, I, yeah, I've been listening to people talking about core funding, Avril, for months and months and months. And without going into explaining it again, uh, the, yes. the c- common complaint I hear is core funding is fine if you're like a big corporate operation. Core funding for a little place like mine doesn't go anywhere near uh, the cost of actually running Absolutely. my business. Is that going to be the case still? Absolutely. And I don't want to bamboozle you with figures because I know that can be hard to kind of grasp. But the core funding coming in next September is going to be worth 12,500 to me over the year. I'll be getting 12 cents per child per hour. Right. right, so that's 12,500 a grant off the Department of, of Children. But what they're failing to keep in mind is we have the new pension contribution coming in at the second part of next year. So that means if one of my staff wants to put 500 euro into her pension, I have to match it. Right. So I have to match it. Um, so that's going. To, that's a huge concern for me. The second ERO rate is after being um, voted what, in only last now? week. So that's an employment regulatory order. So that's the minimum we have to pay staff. So all my staff are going to be going up 50 cent across the board. Okay. That's at a cost of 52,000 to me extra in wages wow. next so year. How, what, what's, the average, what's the average hourly wage now? 
Well, it goes, it varies because of the different qualifications. Sure. So I think it starts at 1350. I'm actually not sure. Okay, okay. Well, it, it starts at 1350. But it starts at 1350. Would it go up to 17 or 18? I, I'm paying wages. I'm paying wages up to 18 euro. My highest yeah. is 18 euro an hour. So like if I go up the 50 cent across the board for my 10 staff over the 52 weeks of the year, that's actually over. It's actually coming in around just about shy of 56,000 after mm. paying my employer's PRSI. So where is the 12,500 that I have to wait for until next September going to outweigh the outgoings? You know what yeah. I mean? As in with the extension of the wages and the, it's just ridiculous. So I And once again, sorry, now I'm sure you are no one in your sector. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody in your sector ever say that your staff are being paid too much. You'd, you'd probably get more on a till in Aldi for a lot of the staff would, that you employ. Absolutely. But the, and an awful lot of the girls are in it because of the love of the job. But you simply it's can't afford to pay them anymore. And, and you're not getting I, any money to pay them anymore. Exactly. And an awful lot of parents this morning were saying, oh, Avril, you must be delighted you got 25%. No, we didn't get 25%. I was like, parents have got up to 25%, but the core funding has only gone up, you know, 12 cents an hour. But what it really bamboozles me is foster parents, their money was raised, right, 25 euro immediately, 50 in November and going up to 75. Sorry, who's that now? foster parents okay. so they're getting an extra 25 euro from next week and an extra 50 I'm not begrudging them absolutely not you know what I mean only rightly so but what I'm trying to point out is all the social welfare payments plus the foster parent payments are coming into operation straight away because inflation mm. is still and the cost of living is so high why are we being left wait and why are parents being left wait until next September 2-4 yeah, that's a whole year. That's the big PJ. question coming yeah. out of your sector of the budget. Roderick O'Gorman was talking big up, talking up big about cutting the price of of childcare again and again. Um, but really, it's he hasn't cut it this year. He's cut it next year. He hasn't cut it this year. And no. and like when you stop and think, it'll come into operation with zero into effect in September two four, and then there's another budget in the October. So that's ridiculous. Who else? Who else? What other departments are waiting to give this, you know, these announcements of funding and extra funding and all the rest of it until next September? We're the only department they're after getting screwed over. It's really, really maddening. I'm really cross this morning. If you spoke to me yesterday evening, I'm telling you, you would have had very flurry language altogether. I'm very (laughs) disappointed that our minister is not looking after the children of our society because at the end of the day, are they all trying to get a public sector, childcare sector? Maybe. I don't know what their, their agenda is, but there is an agenda there without a shadow of a doubt. And if it goes into a public sector childcare, childcare, the quality of childcare is going to go down. That's like inevitable. Because the funding won't be there to buy the new toys or to keep the upkeep of all the equipment and everything. PJ, that's a huge financial burden on every sector. Because, Everett, there are those who believe, there are those who believe strongly that your sector should be taken in under education as a public funded service. You say no? Well, I wouldn't know because I think there should be choice out there. I set up my business like 15 years ago because I wanted choice. I wanted a smaller setting, you know, and I wanted to be at home with my children and I wanted to offer something different within my community that I wasn't like that yellow pack model, get them in, get them out, you know what I mean, or a lot of children in the one room. I wanted more. So I think parents should have choice. But my what I have to choose now, PJ, is whether I come off all schemes in January and go exclusively private, like the private secondary school 
schools and the private primary schools that are out there mm. and raise my fees for the parents, I will end up letting staff go because I'll have to because I know I lose some of my parents who can't afford the extra 25, 30%. You're caught, you're caught between all of it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I have a very hard decision to make over the next three months and I'll have to make it, but I, I'm not going to be viable if I'm going to be hanging on until next September for 12 cents. And I worked too hard in my business to get where I am today, PJ, to have a successful business. It's amazing. I'm running the business with 15 years. I signed up to core funding two years ago and my business is making a minuscule profit every year. Like up until then, I was making profit and I was happy. I never wanted to become a millionaire out of getting into the business. I wanted just to make enough to pull off of if something happened within the family, you know, sickness or whatever, and just to be comfortable. And now, because of signing up to these schemes, I'm not making nothing. You know, there's something wrong there. And it's even a very apparent as well when you see community services opening the doors in September and a loss of 87,000. And they're heavily funded by the department. Yeah, yeah so I, I've, I've been hearing so many of your sector talking to me over the last couple of months, Avril. I'll I, I, I wrap up with you here now, but one last one. You, you okay. feel that your sector, your entire sector, I know you can only speak for your own business, but across the sector, you feel that you're being forced to work at a loss and you feel there's an agenda behind that? Yes, 110%. I feel there's, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel there is an agenda from the department that they're doing, either trying to get a public sector model going. I do believe they don't want us making a profit. I, I really do because there's no other explanation for it. There really is no explanation for it. We're running all these schemes at a loss. Okay. Um, but they have us kind of over a bar. That's basically the end of it. Yeah, okay. they have us over a bar. Okay, I'll leave it there for now. We'll talk again, I'm sure. Avril Sheehan from Carolot Child Care, Cork Carolot Child Care. And that is a, and look, that is a general feeling. I wish I could talk to Rondico Gorman someday and put that to him. The widespread feeling across the childcare sector that actually he wants it to fail. That he wants it to fail. That's their feeling. I'm not saying that's a fact. I couldn't possibly suggest that's a fact. But that's what they feel. That he wants it to fail. 0818 96 96 96. I'd love to give Shid Fein a chance, but I hear this fella Thomas Gould on the radio. I wouldn't let him run a corner shop. I don't know who that's from, but I'm reading it out anyway. Um, PJ, you're talking about what we did and didn't get in the budget. How much increase did Thomas Gould and the rest of the TDs get? They're, they come in under uh, public sector pay. So whatever their sector in the public, in the civil service get, they get it. I think I think I read it that they get a pay rise of about one thousand four hundred a year. I think, I think, uh, yeah. You ask the question, who will build the houses? Why not the people getting the dole work for the money like the rest of us? There aren't that many people on the dole. That's just it. We're at almost full employment. There isn't anybody on the dole. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Voicemail coming up from Donna. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Oldies and Irish on Corks 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Sunday morning.
and welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Cork Simon. Anne wants to give everyone the home that Cork gave her. She's leaving a gift in her will to Cork Simon. Find out more at CorkSimon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Right, we were wondering just after 10 what was going on in Ballancolig near West Village with a part of the road cordoned off. We're told now that Gardaí are at the scene of an alleged assault at West Village, Ballancolig. Happened in the early hours of the morning. A man in his 40s, taken from the scene, taken to Cork University Hospital, being treated for his injuries there. Investigations ongoing and the scene remains cordoned off. So that's the update from Ballancolig. Donna, on the budget, on voicemail. Hi PJ, I am sitting here listening to Simon Coveney talk about the budget and what middle income earners got. Um, he has, he's totally clueless. I'm stuck in traffic trying to earn to put money on the table every week. My husband has Parkinson's disease. I have no support. I have to work all the hours got sent to support my children and my husband and he is thinking that a little bit of credit for electricity or a double payment in children's allowance or a little bit of a reduction 0.5% reduction in the USC is going to help people is he totally clueless to life Um, I got nothing double children's allowance yesterday that was the only thing I got and it's insulting maybe I'd be better off stay at home and and to claim all the welfare payments but i don't begrudge anybody welfare payments but like why should i be stuck in traffic for almost two hours every morning to try to put food on the table and people some people not all people at home claiming of welfare and getting all this money it just doesn't make sense where am i going wrong i never have money um, I'm always telling my kids, no, we can't do this and that. So, like, where am I going wrong? Donna, thank you for that. That Donna sounding like she's getting a bit emotional there towards the end of that message. Certainly what's coming in to us on all of our platforms is that the middle here, the squeezed middle, is still squeezed. It's still squeezed. And it's as much squeezed today as it was yesterday. There's another feeling out there that people who don't work got a better deal yesterday. And there's a feeling out there that, why don't I just pack in my job and draw welfare? That feeling is out there. Speaking with John Lowe, the money doctor, earlier on, the general feeling, and he has been through this, he's been hours going through it last night, something for everybody yesterday, not much for anybody and certainly not enough for those who really need it. And he would class among those who really need it the people who sit in front of him in his office when he's, he's an insolvency practitioner, people who sit in front of him in tears, not able to afford to run their homes. He said nothing in there for them. So that's the analysis. No, the squeezed middle, of whom we hear so much, seem to be even squeezed harder as of yesterday. Let me go to Con Nagel of Global Properties, Ballincollig. You may have heard Minister Coveney, Con, earlier this morning talking about how they built more this year than they built last year. They will build more next year than they're building this year and it takes time but we'll get there with regard to houses. Good morning. 
Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it's very frustrating in the property market. Uh, we let and sell houses. Um, we have people in here every day looking to rent houses, looking to buy houses. Um, it's just very frustrating. The Irish population has increased, I think, by 98,000 people in the last 12 months. Mm. And the government hopes that there will be 29,000 new homes built this year. It's mm. codswallop. It's nowhere near what's needed. So we might have, might have 29,000 new homes built. They're not counting or subtracting the 10,000 that are being abandoned or derelict each year. Mm. So that's really 19,000 new properties that people can move into. You know, what's available for Joe Public to buy? Very little, because mm. 9,500 of those new houses are social and affordable, and I certainly do not begrudge anyone uh, a social or affordable home. 6,000 of those new houses will be one-offs on daddy's farm or land out the country. So we're left with something like eleven or 12,000 new homes coming to the market for Joe Public to buy. Mm. Very, very hard. Now, I, I was talking to Thomas Gould about this earlier on, Con. Again, you may have heard that. And everybody says, yeah, we need to be building. I'm sure you, you put a figure on it, sixty to 70,000 houses a year to just stand still. But I put it to Tom, have you tried to get a bricky or a carpenter or a plumber or a tiler or a roofer lately? Who's going to build this huge number of houses? Well, that's certainly a, a problem. But, you know, the planning permission isn't even there to build them. So, you know, we have to go a few steps before finding the, 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 the worker. Um, it takes over two years to get planning permission for a, for a house or a housing estate in this country. And it probably takes another year to get your water connection or what's now becoming a problem is getting the electricity connection. Really? So you've got to put these things in place. That, yes. I thought electricity. Forgive me for being a bit thick, but I, I would have thought when you put down the foundations, you put down the tube and in the uh, through which the electricity will come. No, oh, you do. You certainly do, and you wire the house and all that. Um, but it can take one. It can take a long, long, long while to get the electricity guys to turn up to connect it. Oh, good lord! Okay, okay. It's not automatic. <laughs> so we're, we're the, the state apparatus is putting problems in the way of 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 us building more houses for people. Mm. You know, the economy is 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 if you listen to statistics, it's going great. Unemployment is lower than it's ever been, mm-hmm. which means a lot of people are working. A lot of people are earning money. Mm-hmm. Yes, not enough money, with, uh, according to a lot of people, and, and I'd agree with that. None of us never has have enough. But the problem with that then is that the economy is flying. We need more houses. We demonised developers back in 2010, but the state certainly didn't didn't uh, step in to build houses. And without yeah. houses, people don't have homes. People don't have a room a roof over their head. Yeah. People can't move on with their relationships. There's an awful lot of things that people can't do without secure housing. An argument that Sinn Féin make and Tom Gould is the junior spokesman on housing and I believe I've heard Owner Bryn use the same form of words. If you were to be able to build enough houses, it would drive prices down through economy of scale. Is that factual? I would think so. Um, Supply and demand. Uh, I did economics years ago and if there's more than enough supply it will drive down rents. It would drive down increases in house costs anyway, in house building costs. Mm. But the other thing about new houses these days, PJ, is that the standards are very, very, very high. 
And so are the electricity bills for air to water and all that stuff. They are. But, you know, the, the we're building Rolls-Royce houses. Rolls-Royce. If, if it was a car, we'd call it a Rolls-Royce. Right. Absolutely everything. Bells and whistles and everything. But, you know, most of us can only afford the, the Volvo or, 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 or the Volkswagen. Can afford Focus, you know, yeah. So the standard of housing. Yeah. So the standard so of housing. So are we building, building. Are, you, are you saying, Con, this is a good, interesting point. Are you saying that, the, if you want to call it the greenhouse, the house for a green economy, is too high standard almost, too expensive, and therefore too unaffordable? Is that what I'm hearing? That's a very, yes, some people are saying that. And there's a strong argument for that. Costs of the green and costs of regulation and, and, and the extra insulation, which is brilliant when you're in the house and when yeah. you can afford the house. Yeah. Um, if it adds 50,000 euros to the, the house purchase costs, that is taking it beyond the affordability of 60, 70, 80, 90% of people. Because building materials and insulating materials, I only got work done in my own house in 2020 and I met one of the lads who did it for me afterwards and this was only in early 2021. He came back snagging at the end of the job and he said, yes, he said you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get that built for that price now and that's two years ago. Yeah, so maybe we have to look at house building standards and reduce them ever so slightly and maybe we can add on that extra bit afterwards. Maybe we can improve it afterwards. But, you know, a 30-year-old buying their first house, like when they buy their first car, it's not a Rolls-Royce. Yeah. So we have to look at housing standards just to make houses more affordable. I'm not saying build houses without roofs now or, or with single glazed windows, but there is a limit to how much um, we can up the spec of houses. And I think we've, we've gone beyond it. Okay. Okay. One last question that, and you've agreed with a couple of points that Tom Gould made. I've been accused here, I've been very hard on Sinn Féin, but I'll deal with that myself after the news. One last comment that, 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 that he made was, there were staff building offices and there were staff building, or workers building offices and workers building hotels that you, you need them to build houses. Is he right there? No, I don't think so. Property is an unusual asset. It means different things to different people. Sometimes it's a home, sometimes it's investment, sometimes it's a place to work from or a shop. But, you know, we're, we're in a lot of trouble in, in Cork if we didn't have enough shops, if we didn't have enough offices for people to work from, if we, if we didn't have more hospitals. So all these assets need to be built. I see. Um, so it's not really saying let's ban hotels. Um, then you've no tourist industry and, uh, and you start getting unemployment very fast. Yeah. You've got to build a bit of everything every year. Okay, we'll leave it there. Interesting conversation. Thank you for it. Con Nagel of Global Properties in Ballancolic. There's the point he makes. Maybe we're building to too high a standard and may have to pull it back a little bit to get more stuff built and get it built faster. Interesting question. More on this after the news. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. A lot of people asking that question, you know, you're talking about what we did and didn't get in the budget. 
how much of an increase did Tommy Gould and the rest of the TDs get? I will look it up. I saw a figure overnight, but I think I come they're paid under the national wage agreement with the pub, national public sector wage agreement. They get their pay according to the scales in that. I think they're getting about a grand or something. Something like that. A grand each. I'm not too sure now, to be quite honest with you. I'll check it. I'll check it. Um, I'll have a look there during the ad break. So I know TDs are due a pay rise under the national agreement. I wonder how much they get. It's not so much the, the pay rise for the TDs and the ministers. And I've said this to their faces over the years, so I'm not speaking at and out of school. It's not so much the the pay rises that bother me. It's not so much even the wages that bother me. It's the pensions. The pensions. They are just astronomical pensions. There'll be people now who'll step down from government at the next election. We've had a few of them so far. Brendan Howland announced it the other day. Sean Sherlock also announced it locally here the other day. Uh, Richard Bruton won't be standing. There's quite a number of them. David Stanton down in Cork East won't be standing. Atidi's pension is a fine, fine, healthy pension. Fine, 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 healthy. Fine, fine, healthy pension. But if you've served as a minister or a junior minister, the pensions are eye-watering. You see, you knocked me off my kilter there now with that one up, but that's my point. Um, PJ, working on my life, struggling with everyday life, uh, I'll get a two euro increase in the budget. My neighbour is just back from Euro Disney, has never worked a day in his life, and getting all the increases. No wonder people get annoyed. Uh, thanks, says Robbie. Um, but yes, we get... Uh, st- <laughs> if life is so rosy on welfare, try it. See how far you get. If you think a couple on a state pension are living the life of Riley, go talk to one. See what their pension buys them, as opposed to what it bought you. What about free? is an ugly trait. Well, certainly I would hope not to be engaging at all in whataboutery, just merely raising the stuff that's coming in on all of our platforms this morning. And let's go to them. Richie's on the phone. Richie, uh, social housing, good morning. By the way, was there anything in that budget for you yesterday? In the budget, uh, 12 euros. 12 euros. Yeah, and for my wife as well, I think. Okay, are you are you, you working there? What's the story? Uh, I'm retired now. Okay, okay, so you're on a pension. You're on a pension, okay. Yeah, just look, it uh, doesn't mean much, but at the same time, there's something in that. Okay, okay. And what about the energy credits? Will they help? The energy credits, um, so let's give them the background, the diesel, and if you're driving, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't make much sense, really, does it? Okay, okay. So, your thoughts on social housing? My thoughts on social, I think young, young couples are, you know, saving to buy a house. It's out of their reach now at the moment. They should be entitled to apply for social housing. You know? They should, the means criteria should be changed. And when you apply for social housing, as used to be years ago, mm-hmm. you get a number. And when you get that number, it could be 3,400, it could be any number, right? Okay. But you should be entitled to know where you are on the list as well. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it's done nowadays. What happened in the 70s was you went to a TD and you told me you were all working in yourself story. And you know, it could be a Tommy Gould or Simon Cove, whatever fellow was popular at the time. And he put your representation through the City Hall and you jumped in front of a load of people. And that's where all this debacle started. You jumped in front of a load of people, then you got your host. 
Mm-hmm. You know, which shouldn't be the way. The only way that you can jump the list should be that if it's an emergency. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's, you know, like, I have a daughter at home now. She's in her 30s. She's with this fella. They're engaged and they're, trying, they're saving for a house. And mm-hmm. we go and it went up to 350. They, they cut out the bid at that. No, it seems to me like people like them can't afford that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And trying to trying to save for a deposit on that is. Yeah, it needs yeah. to change. Like I, I know, like everybody doesn't want social housing, but at the same time, like they are working class people, and they should be entitled well, to be on the list. Here's the thing, Richie, about that. Here's the thing. You know, there was a time, and if you take Ballyfehan and just there, Ballyfehan was a massive, massive social housing. Uh, project yeah. this time, it, it was, was it was the norm back. I certainly, I mean, I'm look, I'm a child of the sixties, but when when I was a kid, everybody lived in a in a council house of some kind or other. That's My wife is from a council house, mm. you know. Like, and are you suggesting? Because I think that's what I'm hearing from you that renting your house from the council should almost be the norm rather than trying to get huge money together to buy one. It should be the norm if you can't afford to buy a house, and that's the way it used to be, and that's the way it should be. And you should be entitled to a number on the housing list, which they're not giving anymore. And no. as far as I know, that was law one time. You've got to it jump into just, this CBL yeah. thing every week and try to get in and bid for what's out there. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you can't afford it, you should be entitled to be on the housing list. Yeah. And if you're on the housing list, you should get a number. You're qualified to get that number. They don't do the numbers anymore. No, you can't find out where you are. Yeah, you must get you must get your best TD locally to me, and you're you're going to abuse that situation. Like who yeah. wouldn't? You're going to send me a load of sob stories, and they're going to go in there, and get you in front of other people on the list. There's a lovely no. story told about Davy Mac, the the former Lord Mayor. God rest him. He's gone to his reward now. But Davy Mac, God love him. He was the devil for getting houses for people, and I heard a lovely story after he died, that, you know, he used to go around with a pocket full of notebooks, small, tiny notebooks with people's <laughs> stories inside them, you see? Yeah. And now, Davey, as you know, was a mad gay man um, and, and loved the guy. Hadn't much interest in the soccer, but he started following, I can't remember what team it was, I will say Liverpool. He started following Liverpool, and if there was a Liverpool match on a Sunday, he'd scuttle in on a Monday morning into the housing department, because there was one fella inside there was a fierce Liverpool Fella, fan altogether, and sure he mightn't be feeling the best of a Monday, <laughs> and he'd allocate a couple of houses just to get rid of Davy, but you can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> he'd be in you, with the notebooks. <laughs> yeah. They would have to change the criteria. Can't he's do that anymore. Yeah, they'd have to change the criteria. People can't afford what what the banks are offering them or what the mortgage rates are, or whatever you know. Yeah, it has to it has to get practical. You have to get a list, and you have to get a number. You have to get your entitlements, and you have to have your rights. But then you see that's why they got a, that's why they got rid of it. So that things like that, and we laugh at it now about what Davy was doing, and the yeah. people who got it, you know. But it's is it a fairer system to just allocate according to what you can get? Exactly. Yeah. Have your number. Yeah. To give you a number, as I said, like, there will always be a case of emergency accommodation. People are thrown up the side of the road, or the house might cough out, God forbid, and things mm. like that. Mm. Now, that's different, you know? Mm. But you should be entitled to a number, and you should be monstered as to where you are, and you should be entitled to know where you are. And, and you, know, in, in, you know the way back in, you're, 
you sound like you're, you're you say you're 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 a pensioner, so you'll you'll remember a time when far and far far more people lived in public housing. Exactly, yeah. It has to be done again. No, you know, it has to be done again, yeah. and it, it can be, it can be done on a fair on, on a fair and equitable manner. Okay, Richie, good call. Thank you. Yeah, I know that's not true anymore. <laughs> I do know that's not true. I just thought it was a lovely story about Davy, And I'm sure they all did it. You know, the little fellow going on a Monday morning, like, can I get a... <laughs> you know, it was done that way, which was probably unfair. Uh, there's no jumping the list now with TDs. The TDs will send in a representation note and it gets added to a file uh, supporting the need for a person to get housing. But there's no jump in the queues anymore. No, no, there isn't. I know that. I know that. I know that. Louise is in uh, Mallow. Hi, Louise. Oh, God, she was. We'll see if we can get her back. 0818 96 96 96. She's there. I'm actually back there on two, lads. A couple more of your comments coming. Yeah, on the connection and, uh, yeah, connection your new build to your new electricity because Khan was on from Global Properties there before 11 and he was saying it takes forever to get them connected. takes up to 10 days to get a new build connected to your supplier, according to this. Uh, on a point of clarity with regard to the Foster's carers' rise, I didn't realise the Foster carers were getting a raise. It'll be welcome, but it's delayed to the end of 2024. Oh, my God. Delayed to the end of 2024, says Peter. Bear says, I'm an old age pensioner in my 70s. I worked all my life. I think personally this government has done a good job. They walked straight into COVID, the IT crash and the war and the recession. As for the budget, it's only a few years ago when people dreaded the budget. Now they look forward to it. Never remember any other government paying out lump sums to help people. Parents no longer have to worry about the dreaded back to school expenses, for example. Come on, people. That's from Bear. Page, let's be honest with the listener. You'll always be trying to put down Sinn Féin. Easily known you won't be voting Sinn Féin for the next election, says John. John, nobody, and I mean nobody, in all the years I'm doing this job, nobody has ever guessed how I vote. Nobody has ever been able to guess how I vote. Do you know? Um, 0818 96 96 96, is it? We were to Mary. Mary, hi. Hi, PJ. Yeah, childcare workers' wages, they get more in Aldi. Oh, my good God. I just could not believe it compared to, say, what an SNA gets in a school. Yeah. For example, they do an online course, half them for, you know, you can do an SNA course online. You can do it over a couple of weeks. Some of these childcare workers have spent four years, like UCC, doing early childhood studies course and things like that. Mm. And they're coming out and getting 18 euro mm. an hour. They will never them are packing it in and going to be SNAs. Oh, they are. They are absolutely. And like, you know, the formative years are equally as important. And an SNA is only helping. Like, these people are the primary carers for the children. They're not assistants. They're not anything. They are qualified as primary carers. Like, they're as qualified as the national teachers. <laughs> not the SNAs. You know what I mean? And they're not even, you know, like, why would you be a childcare worker if you could be an SNA and get school holidays and get... Mm. Paid, mind you, or, as 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 someone no, as someone who came into contact with SNAs, Mary, because my son had them, I would say this: a good SNA changes lives. Absolutely, 
but so does a good preschool. Oh no, no, no disagreement. No, yeah, no, no disagreement there at all. Yeah. No disagreement. You were you were listening to Avril though talking about the cost of running a, ch- a childcare service. Have you seen the piece? And I just kind of felt yes, but like at the same time, like the workers paying the workers that bad or giving out that you know that they'll be topping up their pensions and things like that the whole thing is the sector isn't funded properly correct anyway we just don't have a correct model like it is not economic often to run something out of the back of your house or run do you know what i mean it's it's just not economic you know what i mean it's Mm. it's not economic a a big operation a big operation catering for hundreds of kids seems to get by on things like core like avril's belief and the belief of many in her sector now and it's hard to disagree with them. The belief they have, many of them, is that the government are, want to shut them all down and bring it all into a public service. That's well, I, well, like there's huge, huge underutilised resources in a lot of schools and things like that. And it would be very beneficial, I would imagine, for a lot of kids to be in a school environment, mm. you know, that they would just transition into the next stage and into the next, you know, be fantastic. And it, it would make a huge amount of sense for parents as well if they were dropping both their baby and their children to the same location. You know what Fair I mean? Point. It saves petrol. It's probably more local. You're you're entitled to have a school locally. You may not have a crash local to you. It yes. may be miles yes. away from where you work, or you know, do you go? Do you have the crash near where you're working, or do you have the crash near where you're living? And you know, oh, what I mean, you've all these. Kind Mary, of I would hate to be to back it. in the world of having smallies. I really would. Yeah, I would, I would, I would too. I'm, I, uh, but I was just so sorry for those workers when I heard, and you know, and and I know that the owners are under pressure as well. But like to be giving out out about the fact that how much they have to pay the grossly underpaid workers is yeah. kind of not very... They were start, They start, I think no. Avril said, they start around 13, 13 50 something. and work up to yeah, 18. That, that is based... Like, I mean, as you say, Al... And I'm not this Aldi, and in fairness, Aldi are an excellent employer. And oh no, no, no! I, 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 would, I use it as a comparison. You'd get more. Yeah. You'd get more at a senior, a senior staff member in but Aldi. You know, would get more. So much more. responsibility, and they invest so much in those in kids. Like I, you know what I mean. Having had a child, one of mine went to a, and my God, they were definitely, True. you know what I mean. Their child, like they, you know, the patience they had with them eating, the patience. That you just don't have that even time yourself at home if there's another child pulling at your children doing homework and things like that. You know what I mean? They got regular nap times. They got good sleeping habits. They get yeah. good eating habits. You know what I mean? They get all and socialization as well yeah. rather than... Actually, seeing as you're there, Mary, seeing as you're there, I was going to read yeah. this comment out in a minute, but I'll read it out now and let you have the first response to it because I know other people will too. Um, yeah. Why don't why, this is came in on the phone? Why put them in creches if it's that expensive? Why don't the mothers and grandmothers looking after the children get more? This seems like a situation that will never be sorted because the childcare people are always going to be under pressure from whatever money the government gives them. There's a lot to be said for looking after your own children, cutting your clothes, cutting your cloth according to your measure for a few years, and balancing your budgets yourself. I think my children were very lucky that I went out to work. <laughs> That's an answer, Mary, and it's I, a valid one. It's a valid. I one. really do think they were very. I think they got the best of both worlds. I couldn't wait to see them, and I loved coming home to them. I loved spending time with them. I 
treasured it, but at the same time, I, um, you know, I just had the skill set. I, like, you know what I mean? They benefited. Sorry, I... No, no, that's your belief, and, and a lot of people do believe. Kind of thing. Exactly. And I'm not saying I absolutely... But I picked up... I'm a better mother because of all these people I became in contact. I had people, I brought my children in, or I had a child minder coming into my house. I sent my children out to a child, you know, a relative who minded yeah. them for me. Like, you know, I've had um, I'd have friends with all pairs and all those different experiences. And, you know, on play dates when they go into a house yeah. with one person had an au pair. All my children benefited from all that. Yeah, they make you a more rounded parent, if you want. That's what a lot of people who've gone back to work will say. Mary, thank you so much for that. 0818969696. They do say that. The parents who go out to work are more rounded parents. With that call, why don't people just cut their cloth according to their measure for a few years, mind their own children, balance their own budgets? It's a view. I'd be interested in your take on it. 0818969696. On travel, two travel notes here. Cars turned over on the dual carriageway just before the Cove turnoff. This is down east Cork. So the turnoff for Cove heading eastwards, car turned down, turned over on the dual carriageway. And also on the Mallow Road southbound just before Rat Duff by what's known as the Ivy Bridge, the road is badly flooded. Can we ask people to take care? 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. This is my favourite headline, possibly of all time. Kylie Minogue has got a phobia of clothes hangers and is now selling her own branded clothes hangers. It's called Cremastrophobia. Cremastrophobia. She's terrified of clothes hangers. Well, how you could be afraid of a coat hanger? I don't know. That is the most ridiculous of all phobias. And I'm afraid of butter. <laughs> <laughs> Too much internet for one day. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. With no DC cars, the place to order your 2024 Skoda. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Open 24-7 at nulldc.com. Cork 96 we're going to park budget stuff for a little while. I've no doubt the reaction will continue over the days to come. But just a few more of your comments and a voice message or two before we stop it down for a while. Stop leaving people into the country. We can't build enough houses, but we're leaving 98,000 into the country this year. And I did see, there was in John Lowe's summary of the budget, 2.5 billion has been set aside for Ukraine's support, support of Ukrainian refugees for for 2024. Some people were saying 4 billion. No, it's not 4 billion, but 2.5 billion. Housing is the people's problem. Double the money back to the landlords as opposed to the renters. Typical FG landlords, says John. Not too sure what you mean by that. The landlords are getting a tax break to keep them in the business, I think, is what's supposed to happen out of here. That's all the details are in John's document. Joe Sherlock was a great man in his time to get people a council house. There's never been anyone like him. They're not allowed to do it that way anymore. Remember, Joe, 
God, Joe, yeah. Sean's father, Joe Sherlock, was a, fo- a mighty man to get a house for someone. But they're not allowed to do it that way anymore. PJ, the country is a joke. The people who choose not to work get everything. I don't work, but I didn't choose that. I know I'm lucky to have three beautiful, happy, healthy children and a roof over our heads. I actually can't afford to work, as it wouldn't pay me by the time I paid childcare for three kids. I had a brain hemorrhage when my first was a few months old. I was entitled to illness benefit for two years, then it got cut off. I have no choice but to go to the doctor every few months. That costs €80, and I'm on medication for the rest of my life that I have to pay for because I'm not entitled to a medical card because apparently my husband earns too much money. My husband works very hard every day. Once the mortgage, bills and food are paid, we have very little left over. His job doesn't come with health insurance or a pension. I'm just grateful I get to be with my kids and get to wear them myself. But it'll also be nice to have some money. And Louise in Mallow says, The Ukrainians are getting the houses, not the Irish or the homeless. My son went to India, England at the age of 22 to do a master's. It was way too expensive here. Uh, disability, there's one physiotherapist employed in St. Joseph's for 9,000 kids. Disgraceful. My son has autism and never got any supports. I'm mad. My son's school has shared SNAs, when in actual fact he should have his own. Thanks. Yeah, that, no, that is something that really grinds my gears, is the whole shared SNA thing. I remember having this out with ministers uh, years ago. Shared SNAs. You've got one child on the first floor, and you've got another child on the third floor. And sure, if they both need you at the one time, who's supposed to look after them? That's very, very true. Uh, We've got a couple of voice notes coming in. Lads, let me do the song first and I'll do the voice notes then so that I can load them up in the system. Uh, just stuff coming in. Mohammed, there are positive things about the budget. PAYE workers get a break. They introduce some breaks for helping to buy homes. I think people need to calm down a little bit. Well, we've tried to keep it calm this morning. We've crunched the numbers as best we can. There seems to be clearly something in this for everybody but not enough for anyone or sorry not much for anyone not much for anyone and not enough for those who really need it people have been asking me how I did I'll get a few quid out of it uh, a few pound out of it not not a lot to be honest with you not a lot by the time the tax eats it all up again not a lot um, so will the missus get a couple of quid but 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 not a lot can you ask Simon Coveney, this was a while ago, uh, about pay parity for Section 39 disability service workers ahead of their planned industrial action? Uh, it'll affect so many families of people with disabilities. They took cuts in line with HSE workers during the crash, but not restored. Still on 2008 salaries, says Michael. Yep, that's coming up, that strike, and it's it's that could turn very nasty because you've two grades of people two people the same grade doing the same job but not getting the same not getting the same wages Bill I'm a pensioner my petrol's gone up I don't smoke but many people like me do my pension doesn't go up till January the TDs have already had their pay increase why do pension increases always happen in January when this lot came to power it was 145 for petrol coal was 21 euro now it's 32 I'm on a CE scheme, €12 Euro a week rise, swallowed up by inflation. 
with room for more. While my headline income might have physically increased, but that buys, what buys me has shrunk. Not keeping core rates in line with inflation means that next year the gap between the haves and have-nots will grow even wider. That's an inarguable fact, a mathematical fact. Thank you. Uh, Eric says, it's a simple yes or no question. Would I be better off on the dole? I know the answer, and it's yes, you are. If Minister Coveney doesn't answer that, then it's all smoke and mirrors. Before we move on, a couple of more of your voice notes and comments. Paul wants to say something about the childcare discussion. Do you remember Avril was on about how she and others in the private childcare sector believe the government has an agenda to shut them down and make it all a public sector operation. That's her view. Many people share it. Paul doesn't. PJ, there's no way crashes are going to be taken in under the government status like schools because then they wouldn't put up with people waiting outside their doors at 7 o'clock to drop off their kids, having to be phoned at quarter to 7 at night to pick up their kids, bringing their kids in with temperatures knowing that they're sick, have COVID, everything else, scarlet fever, the works. Teachers don't want to put up with bloody students. Never mind having to put up with all that, that uh, childcare assistance do every day. Strong views from Paul, and I think he's somewhat on the side of the childcare assistance. Thank you, sir. 0818969696. There's an accident that Andrew wants to let us know about. Good morning, PJ. Andrew here. Uh, listen, anyone travelling from... Little Island towards Caratool. Uh, be very careful there. There's a huge puddle in the Foss Lane just before the Caratool uh, off ramp, and there is a cart lying on its roof. So, yeah, be careful there. Thank you, Andrew. And indeed, we have three fire appliances in attendance now near Little Island before the turn off to Cove. They are bad out there. Roads are bad this morning. Weather is bad, so roads are bad. John and Cove says you were talking about roadworks in Knocknaheeny. And the way they were managed. Yeah, we had two of the ladies up from Harverview Road yesterday telling me about how their night's sleep was disturbed. I hope it wasn't last night, but I think it was because there's overnight roadworks there for three nights. In Cove, in the area by Skullnev Yosef and Klochtevwerda, for the last week, workmen are widening footpaths. There's chaos. Footpaths are being blocked off. School children are walking on the road, excuse me, school children are walking on the road, it's very dangerous. I can't highlight the danger enough. The question is, why was this done at this time of year? Why wasn't it done during the school holidays? It's a ridiculous way of doing things. John, John, listen, I, I very rarely roll out the, the standing ovation, but that's the comment of the day. It really is. Yes, 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 yes. Why are these things not done during the school holidays when the roads would be much safer around the schools. Good point. Uh, Whatever about someone being on sickness or disability, we all know that anyone who's on the dole doesn't want to work. Instead of giving them handouts, why not strike them off? It's a view. There's, I know they do this in Spain, where if you're on the dole after losing your job, you get a certain amount for this year, a certain amount for next year, and then it starts to taper off. And they expect you to get a job after a period of time. Remember, someone came up with that idea of doing that here a couple of years ago and they were nearly made to walk the plank. 
But there, 0818-969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Now, I have no, no doubt that the budget will be the gift that keeps on giving for a day or two, and there will be more to talk about. And I promise any comments that I didn't get to today, I will come back to. Uh, because there's pages and pages and pages and reams of them there. And thank you for them all. It's been a very, very busy morning. We'll just stop it down before we finish the programme and come back to the budget when it's time to come back to it. But yesterday I had a good chat, a good laugh actually, with Kate. Kate and her husband, is it Kevin, gave themselves a little retirement present. They headed off in a camper van for four months and they did France and Spain and Italy. And they loved every minute of it. And uh, Kate was saying it's a growing thing and there's a lot of other people would love that idea. I think I'd quite like it myself. Get into a camper van and just drive and pull up and sleep and make your own way around the continent for three or four months. Dear me, you lived in Spain for, for a few years. What is sleep bombing? Good morning. No, no, it's... Um, hi, hi, how's it going? Uh, no, I lived and worked both in France and Spain and also Luxembourg. And for all sorts of reasons, I was involved in the campsite, either staying there or working there, and also hotels, bars, restaurants, you know, all that type of stuff. And, um, Can you get a bit here, closer to that mouthpiece? You're, you're a bit off. You're what we got, kind of a slightly crunchy line. Try that there now. Hello? Hi. That might be a bit better. Drive on. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I was working, and uh, with the with that kind of um, work, you you encounter all sorts of things, like people who get robbed for various different ways. And one of the methods that's used a lot with camping cars parked, say, by beaches or car parks or things like that, they they become an automatically target either to be robbed. And if they're sleeping in the van, sometimes they'll um, pump this gas into the van and knock you out with this gas. Now, it's called sleep bombing is how they refer to it as. And um, there's different ways of doing it. Normally, uh, there's a window open, pop a, uh, some, some chemical bomb inside, and it'll, um, it'll uh, knock you out uh, with this uh, vapor, whatever it is, okay. or through the ventilators. Or if you're asleep, you'll sleep deeper. Oh, you just that's basically how it works. And then they just prize open the door and get in. So I, well, I chloroform like, or something, is it? Um, it might be that um, that stuff they used to use in hospitals years ago. I, I never delved into it. All I knew was they were complaining that they had been knocked out with this gas and okay. everything was robbed. Yeah, okay. You know, that laptops, you know, all the usual stuff. And then... The other thing, too, is they'll do things like bump uh, rear-end the back of your camper van on purpose. So you get out to investigate, and then, of course, there's just half a dozen of them in the back of a car will jump out and uh, rob everything in front of you, unless you're six-foot-something and you can sort them out. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, Kate, uh, Kate and her husband seem to have a ball and said they felt very safe most of the time. Yeah, well, they're probably staying in um, official campsites. That's where they did a lot of the time. Are huge. Yeah. I mean, I'm not joking you. Some of these campsites, uh, you can take you 10 minutes to drive around them. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I remember one in Luxembourg, they, they told me some Dutch guy drove up and he said, is there any space? And I said, 
the guy said no, and then uh, he, he said, "Can I drive through and turn around?" They said, "Yeah." And as he's come back out, he said to the camp the guy running the campsite, um, "I saw spaces there. Are you sure there's nothing there?" Yeah. And the guy used to be a French, um, what you call it, um, uh, army guy, um, and he's just crazy and he took out the shotgun and blew him away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, it can okay. happen anywhere. Um, geez, we don't you want. Know, we don't want crime, that happening. Crime in Europe, I can tell you, is well, is, is off the charts. Yeah, you know, um, driving a camper van and sleep by a beach, I wouldn't be doing it. I would only go to the best approved official campsites. campsites. Okay, official ones, okay. and because uh, there is these unofficial ones and. They so be careful if you yeah, if you are if you are going to be camper vetting abroad like like Kate and her husband did, just be careful where you park up. Thanks, Dermot. Sleep bombing, never heard of it, and certainly what happened in Luxembourg. <sighs> Thanks, Dermot, though. Good call. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now Carol, I'm not too sure we'll get any response to your particular query today, but it's one we might come back to or one that others might be able to share um, Carol your son was refused the opportunity to do his driving test for the strangest of reasons good morning good morning PJ so I had an 18 year old went up to the test centre in his school uniform um, he went in and did the theory uh, questions inside in the room went out and did the under the hood um you know, testing, showing them where the water is and the tyres, the lights, all of that was done. And then when the tester opened the car door, he said the car was dirty, full of dog hair, and he couldn't get into the car. So my young fella came in, visibly upset. I said, what happened? He said, he won't take me out because of dog hair. Mm-hmm. I went out, I removed the three or four dog hairs that were on the seat. I went back in and I asked him, can you please take him out? I, rep- I removed the hair. And he said the car was too dirty. So the young fellow was half an hour away from his independence. Um, and the reason was that he said the interior, the car was too dirty um, and unsafe to conduct, conduct the test. So he now has to reapply and pay the fee. So he goes back on the waiting list for another eight weeks, pays another 80 euros to get back out to do his test. Now you sent us pictures, Carol. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if there was a lot of dog hair, you certainly made a great job of removing it because I don't see any. No. And I had friends over that night um, and I said, go out and look at my car. And both of them asked me, had I cleaned the car since I came home? Do you have a dog? I have a Jack Russell. <laughs> and they're not known for their shedding? No, now there he does shed a little bit. And right. if anyone has a Jack Russell in the car, the hairs are actually hard to get off the carpet in the car. Yeah. But that's that's down the side, it's in the back, it's not everywhere in, in the car. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So, so this was your second experience with this particular tester as well, was it? Yes. Now, to be fair, the young fella said he deserved to pass, to, to fail the first time. Um, but he was way more prepared. We were out of school the day before, We skip, he skipped study to prepare, and he was ready for the test. Mm-hmm. Something else as well, the tester, now, the tester, what was it about the insurance disc? Sure. So on, on both occasions, so before he took him out the first time, um, he pointed out that his insurance disc was faded, the green line down the side. So I know my insurance company sends out the policies um, for me to print the disc myself. Yeah. So I had printed it out 
And he said, because it was a little bit faded, that he didn't have to take him out on those grounds. And he said he said the same thing the second time as well. So I suppose it's just a warning for people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if someone is looking for a reason not to take someone out for a test, you know, it, it, it might be grounds. I, yeah, I, I got my insurance policy sent to me that way as well mm-hmm. this year. And you had to print your own disc. It's just a word to the wise, make sure the disc is is well printed. But come back to the the dog hairs and the alleged non-suitability of the car. Mm -hmm. You made a complaint, Carol. I did. That evening I came back and I um, sent an email to the RSA um, and we got the reply yesterday and it said that their words, your vehicle should have reasonably clean seating Mm -hmm. and seat covering, i.e., free from excess of dust and dirt, dampness or moisture. And there was none of those on the seats. You, you sent me a, an actual quote. You said, any vehicle presented for test must be reasonably clean in order for the test to proceed. Had the vehicle presented been reasonably clean, then the test would have been conducted. You say, I hate that word, reasonably. <laughs> yeah. Because that's your reasonable and my reasonable, two different things entirely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. My my question is, do I now have to get my car valeted before we go back for the test? It's a fair question based on that response. But you're going to go to West Cork. You're sick of Wilton this day. Well, I can't risk um, him getting the same tester for a third time because if he saw him coming out, it would throw him straight away. Yeah. Uh, He's only 18. He's going to school uniform. He'd be nervous. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And just the uncle himself, I know now people say, oh, you know, ringing in for her son. But he's worked in Super Value for the last two years, packing shelves to save for his car. Yeah. And it's sitting out the back. And this was this opportunity was just taken away from him in the blink of an eye because someone thought the car was dirty. Yeah. You're going to try and book him into to Skibbereen. You'll have to go down there with him, of course. Yeah, it's an hour and 20 minutes each way for us from where we are. And I have to find somebody down there to show me the test route because I'm not familiar with Skibbereen or the test route down in Skibbereen. Yeah, yeah. And he has all of his compulsory lessons done and all of that? He has done the 12 lessons, then he did an additional six, right. and he's four of the, of another six done. Right, and you're wondering... He's driving did, over a year, yeah. And you're wondering, does he now need to get the car value? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, and my, my question was like... Have other people experienced anything like this? I know the waiting lists are, are really long. Yeah. So, like, how many other people have been turned away f- for something like this? Well, well, there's the thing. Is it any wonder they're that long if this is what they send you away for? No, you sent me pictures. Yeah. How old is the car? Uh, 161. Okay. So it's not it's not a banger. It's not falling no. apart. And I don't see a whole pile of dog hair there. No. And like I said, I asked a few people afterwards. I said, go out and look at the car. People thought I was actually joking. <laughs> they couldn't believe that that was a valid reason for a test not to go ahead. Yeah. And this this term that comes back in the response, I'm always very worried when I see the term reasonably. Mm-hmm. When is he likely to get a date, do you think, for Skib? Uh, it could be another six or seven weeks. Oh, God. Poor old yeah. thing. Yeah. Poor so old another long wait. And then he still has to pass it, obviously, don't <laughs> Yeah. yeah, would you be confident that he would? That that he would. He, he's well able to drive, PJ. I he, he drives all the time, and I don't have to give him any instruction. Good. Um, we're from the country, so the, the roundabouts around Wilton, 
were a challenge for him, but we had done enough practice that he was confident yeah. with them. All right. Yeah. Give him, what's his name? Eamon. Eamon. Give Eamon my best. Uh, Thank and, you, PJ. And he'll be on the road soon before before you know it. Cheers, Hopefully. Carol. Thank you, PJ. Cheers. Has anybody else come across that, that the tester wouldn't take them out on the test because, in their opinion, the car was dirty? Too much dog hair, the tester said. Has anyone else come across that? And the faded insurance disc is a good tip to the wise. Thanks, Carol. Thank you for everything you've brought to us today by way of conversation. It's been a really, really busy morning uh, post-budget. Programme edited by Imo Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. A new year is full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.